the Happy Hour Podcast with your host, Joel Fleischman. Hello, welcome to Joel Fleischman's Happy Hour Podcast, episode number 44. I am here with my friend, Andy Hopp. How are you doing, Andy? Good. Hey, you already are falling apart. <laughs> so, uh, famous number 44 is episode 44 of sports. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Oh, easy one. Great call. Great call. Uh, James Starks. Was, was he 44? Yeah, 44. Jerry West, Reggie Jackson. You know who James Starks is? Packers player, right? Right. Yeah. Running back, basically won the Super Bowl. Really? He really was hot. Was that the one against the Steelers? Yeah. Yeah, he was good in that Super Bowl. Uh, really good. I, I'm going to stop it. That's like a mic drop with Hank Aaron. I'm going to quit playing. There's actually a more famous 44. Internationally famous, Formula One race car driver, Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's seven-time champion, going for eight. I didn't know you were a race guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I grew up in Sheboygan near Road America, yeah. so my go dad right took me to Road America as a kid, and I would go. Yeah. You still go? Yep. Occasionally, yeah. not as much as I used to. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Sponsored by Central Waters Brewery in Amherst, Wisconsin. If anybody from Central Waters is listening or Jason Blinker, we are almost out. We're down to like the last two cans, so send me more beer, please. Thank you, Jason. What do you think? Not bad. I have the Doppelbach, which is a pilot series. Very, very good. I have Hurricane Dan, Barebones Brewery. Oh, yeah, that is beer, not. Fear no beer. That is not out of Central Waters. Uh oh. So that is out of uh, Oshkosh. Okay, bare bones. Yeah, it's up on the on ten there. Okay. Cool. All right. Interesting. I don't know why we have that one in the fridge. So again, more Central Waters beer. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is usually my, my wife says she tries to watch the podcast, and then the second it's done with beer, she's just done with it. <laughs> so we've already passed yeah. the highlight for your wife. So listening to the podcast, most people usually do a bio of the person, and then then we get into it. But I like to have the person themselves talk about themselves. So go ahead, Andy. Oh, well, who are you? Uh, who is Andy Hop? I'm a father of five. I have five uh, amazing children. Uh, my oldest daughter is actually a, a biochemist who is married and lives in France uh, with her husband, Franck, who's a university professor, and I have two grandkids, that's George crazy. and Maxine. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, but it's also really hard that my, my grandkids are that far away. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. That's rough. Uh, my second daughter, uh, Rachel, she's an audiologist who lives in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband, uh, Craig, and you know they, uh, they just had, bought a new house there, so it's really nice to go out and visit them. Um, she's got a great career going and a wonderful new home they just bought. Uh, our son, Alex, is a, going for his doctorate at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. And he's actually going, it's in history with emphasis on Southeast Asian studies. He's uh, kind of unique because he's, uh, I would say, he's a short, stocky white guy who can speak Hmong, oh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You have smart children. <laughs> yeah, they're all smarter than I am. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. I'm real son Sam, he's a tennis coach. He's bound and determined to make money playing tennis. And so far, he's been able to do that. He's going, right now, he's going for his master's degree. Uh, at Lakeland College, where he's also the assistant tennis coach there. He also coaches the high school tennis team at Sheboygan North, so it's fun to see him. When Crazy he's on diversity, huh? <laughs> tennis coach, someone who speaks a different language, yep. and someone who lives in France. France. Yep, yep. 
And then our youngest son, Abram, he's an Eagle Scout and he's now a, a sophomore. Eagle Scout, that's really, isn't that really hard to achieve? Yeah, it is. We're really proud of that he was able to do that. And now he's a sophomore at University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's in business school there uh, and continues. He's got an internship going right now with Eat Street, which I think is pretty interesting. Works at festival and uh, HR there as well. So What's Eat Street? Food truck? Yeah, like like. Oh, doing cool. deliveries. There's a food truck in uh, West Bend uh, in the Menards parking lot the other week. There's a taco, uh, taco truck. Yeah, there's always different ones there. Really? Yeah, interesting. All right, who's Andy? Who's we got to go quicker, too. This is only 45 minutes. <laughs> Shout out to the kids, obviously. Yeah, we have, yeah. We have <laughs> uh, well, I, I grew up in Sheboygan and uh, got interested in building when I was a junior in high school. So that was back in 1975. I started working for a local contractor building homes and uh, continued to work for him through high school. And then I went to school for two years, uh, college, uh, University of Wisconsin in Sheboygan, extension there. And that whole time I continued to work and finally decided I had had enough of school and just wanted to work and, and do that. So I started as low man on the totem pole, you know, uh, and worked my way up to be the lead man, the foreman of the crew. Uh, ultimately, I went into business for myself and really enjoyed that. I became actually a design build general contractor. So I would actually, the people would come to me having purchased a lot. I would design the house and then build it for them, which was which was really fun, really cool. That's like the ultimate experience. What's the name of your? Andrew Hop, general contractor. Oh, just, that's just a cool name. Okay, keep going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> not much for marketing. No, that's good. Though, you had a cool name is what I mean. Yeah, and then I uh, continued to do that. And something neat uh, in that process was I, had, I was up to like having six employees, built over 20 houses in one year. But I, it, it was so much of a rat race that all I did was run from job to job. I didn't have the enjoyment of actually working on the job. So ultimately I decided to, rather than just burn through all of that work, to, to slow down and do more on every project and scale down the size of what I was doing. Uh, until ultimately uh, my dad retired and uh, after he retired he ended up coming and working for me and we spent five years it was me and my dad working together and I know you get a little bit of that working with your dad yeah. and uh, I'll tell you that is just something really special was it? Yeah, yeah, was it? that was that was so cool all day long we could talk to my dad he was a retired uh, corporate attorney uh, so we had tons of stuff to talk about and it was it was just really neat and precious um, however, um, that came to an end one day when we were driving to the job site and my father had a heart attack while he was sitting next to me in the truck. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And it was, it was really tough uh, because the, the heart attack created a lack of oxygen to his brain and then he had a brain injury so it was like he instantly had dementia. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh. So that was, that was really rough for, for our whole family. Yeah, of course. Devastating for me yeah. uh, to lose, you know, my dad as he was and my best friend. Two seconds. Uh, so, you know, I, I share that because you should appreciate every second you have with your yeah. father. <laughs> great. Well, it's throughout the weekend, so it's always a yeah. great time to look back and appreciate what you have when you're with. Uh, I go with my nephews and my dad, and I'm under my dad every year. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to see, you know. Yeah, it is. It's, and now I'm 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 the dad. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and I'm 47, and now my dad's 70. So it's interesting because he was, you know, I was, I don't know if my dad was 47. So 
Yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. The cycle of life. It's it just, really it's is. Really, it's very interesting. Yeah, and, and, and so cool. Yeah. And I'll pass that on to your kids and yeah. you know what you learned from your dad and, and that. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and at the same time, so right around that time that happened, I had actually began was more involved in my church on an ongoing basis and ultimately felt God's call to go into the ministry and an opportunity opened up at, at our church. And so I went into full-time ministry for uh, a good seven years, which was just a fantastic experience. This is as you're raising your kids? Yep, yeah. Right. Uh, and so that was, it was really terrific. It was an amazing time, uh, really cool. Uh, but everything, you know, for everything there is a season and ultimately uh, I decided to leave the full-time ministry and went to work for Habitat for Humanity which was really cool because that was kind of combining the two. You were working for a nonprofit, uh, but also building homes. And that was a big adjustment because Habitat, it's not about what you get done in a day, it's about how much you can teach everyone in a day and how you can articulate the vision of Habitat you know, to, to end homelessness and poverty housing, which is, is really a cool, cool thing. I love that job, but the problem was it's nonprofit, they couldn't pay. So ultimately, I was offered a position at uh, a small lumber yard in Sheboygan County and went to work there as design and sales manager for five years uh, until I felt just like it was time for a change and uh, you know, reached out to John Washako in Kiel and John said, you know, Andy, there's a lot of good people that work at Drexel. And I'm like, okay, let's see what, see what it's like. And you know, then, then I interviewed with you and uh, back in February. Yeah, so you've only been here eight months, nine yep. months. And you are now? The design experience leader. The design experience leader, which is, yeah. you came up with that own title, design yeah. experience. Yeah. We're changing things from service to design. And we're going to get right into that real short. If you're watching the, the podcast to know what's going on with design in Drexel, we'll get right to that. Before that, get a little better to know Andy, maybe even a little bit better to know Drexel, a bit better to know myself. What was, what's it like, because a lot of people haven't, what's it like to be interviewed by Joel? <laughs> Incredibly intense, right? Uh, uh, I just uh, interviewed a guy today, I think he shit his pants. <laughs> it is. And well, he's a 31-year-old guy, he was a little nervous, he was very nervous coming in, and then uh, we had a store leader, Lips, hi Steve Larson, come in the second after, and he's like, well, what other questions do you have, what other questions do you have? And like, Steve's like, the guy didn't say a lot. I'm like, I think he was frozen in fear, and we kept pumping him for more questions, and he's like, I'm good, I'm good. So yeah, explain well, what that means though. Yeah, but you know, our experience was really unique because you interviewed uh, two people at one time. And we were recruiting as well, yeah. so it wasn't just an interview, yeah. right? But yeah. I mean, when you're interviewing, you're still seeing if it's a good cultural fit, it's yeah. the right humans, we don't just recruit random folks. So. And, and believe it or not, you have a reputation outside of this team of being, you know, Kind of somebody I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, just what is what intimidating? Is, what is my reputation? Intimidating, uh, a little you know you never know what you're gonna get. Like like more like this is good for Holden too. This is good for everybody. Good for me. And it, but be honest, like I know you're an honest guy. So intimidating like ruthless, intimidating like wild card, intimidating like fast talker, presence, gunslinger. What? Just like your presence. I don't know. Yeah, but what does that mean? Like, what is the what's the reputation, especially against with the competition? The, the competition kind of views you as like you know, um, like just being this this evil, ruthless competitor. Yeah, right. Right. We right. we don't you know stay away from him. He's he's just crazy, and he'll do anything to defeat the competition. Joel, have yeah. you seen like the show the Billions? York, was, the Yankees of the '80s. Have you seen the show Billions? No. It's about this hedge fund manager versus lawyer. 
and you remind me of the hedge fund manager. His name is that good or bad? It's it's a good thing. I feel like sometimes we're like the Patriots. His name's right? Bobby Axelrod. So I'm a sports guy. So I feel like we're more like the Patriots. Probably. Right, like Bill Belichick. Like I really don't ever be a Patriot. Don't give Bill Belichick an inch. He'll take it. You know, watch out for that dude. And then you're on the Patriots. You're like, oh, dude, I was going to be a Patriot. <laughs> yeah. I like, guess the best thing in the world to be a Patriot. You're like that son of a bitch. So I feel a little bit like that. Yeah, and honestly, I can't understand the perspective. Now that I'm on the inside, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I'm still very often intimidated by you, your presence, right, Holden? It, yeah. He has, you have this I presence. <laughs> to me, right? Like, I'm just me. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think because you think so fast that you're ahead of the rest of us. I remember as we were, we were interviewing right over there, and you were going through with your vision, your North Star vision, for, for the design and estimating and all of that. And, and I was like locked in listening and I, I couldn't keep up, you know. And, and the Chris that I was with, he's like, Andy, I looked at you and you were like focused in, you were like following him and I'm like, no, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, Chris <laughs> was, and then I missed it, I was just going, I'm drifting because I lost you so long ago and you're so passionate about what you're saying, but I'm gone, bro. Like, yeah. good talking to you, like I'm out. Kevin, Kevin Swike decided this way. You, you think like all of us think just twice as fast. You're twice as fast yeah, as we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but the, uh, again, that, and that can be a curse and a blessing too, because you know I'm I'm past the conversation. The conversation hasn't even been had yet, so it's kind of a curse and a blessing, I guess, in some ways. So. But what I thought was cool, what impressed me, is you had a vision, you had a plan, and and, and you know at that time I wasn't exactly sure if that was you know going to be the way to go or if it was going to be successful but you know Chris and I talked afterwards and we're like you know but at least he has a plan and, and we're, we're we think it was really good that you had a plan and now we could join the team and you know be part of making that plan happen. Isn't it wild to create something out of dust? Yeah. <laughs> out of energy? Out of nothing? Yeah. yeah. Like we created this whole design service holding out of nothing. Like you're not you haven't had that many opportunities I don't feel education gives people many opportunities to create something out of dust. Your dad has his own business. I mean, it's just, you just invent it, right? We just invent things. And and then then it's like, it's an invention, which is a nothing. An invention is still not a business. It's still not a thing. Now it's just an idea, but to make an idea to fruition is, I think again, for some people, very, very intimidating, very wild, very crazy, because I just want to do my job the best of my ability, but so much more rewarding. You've been through this yeah. process now. Is that? I mean, are you finding that? And again, be honest. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's it's, <laughs> it, it's so cool because we could see in the marketplace of residential design, especially in the context of lumberyards, we could see that our customers weren't with us. We we were disappointing them. You know, Drexel is all about supplying happiness, and, and in the design department, over and over again, we were we were not able to continue the excitement that people came into our, our our establishments with you know they come in and they are excited they've had this vision they've had this idea you know i always wanted to build this dream home i always wanted to do this addition i always wanted to to do this and have this idea and this vision and then it's like okay and, and then we bog them down in the details and we we give them lines on the paper which they can't understand you know uh, it, it, it was way too old school. We weren't keeping up with what people were seeing on TV, what people needed to see. And that's so what we're doing here with this, this going to this, this, this experience and the visual modeling 
of all of our projects, that is just so cool for people to see. It, it's, it's just transformational. It, it's what the public needs, what the public wants, and we get the opportunity to, to take these people who come in with a dream, and we get to, to put it together so they can see it and work with them along the way. We get to get to educate them. You know, That's one of the things that, that I think a lot of times people forget. It, it can be really intimidating for someone to want to build a new house or put an addition on or whatever it is because they don't know the process. And right? also the industry terms. Yeah. Do you want double hung or single hung? Double hung or single hung casements? Which one? You know, no. check, check the box. No. I lost you at window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like we lose yeah. them in industry in our jargon. Do you want a hip roof or do you want a gable roof? Roofs, roofs, that's on the top of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so we quickly, quickly lose people in industrial jargon. I used to call that job dream killing. Oh, yeah. But the first thing you do is we're gonna kill your dream. Yeah. We're talk reality, we're gonna talk budget, we're gonna draw some two line items that you won't understand. We're gonna talk industry jargon and we're gonna lose you. Your excitement's gone, we killed your dream, but we're still gonna take your money and build you a house. Yeah. Uh, horrible, right, horrible. So tell, you know, Holden is dying, I can see over there, just so excited, thrilled. <laughs> what, where are we going with design? What does this mean? What this means is, is what we are gonna do, the people come in and we literally will model their project for them. In our new design software, it, it's not just the printed plan, like everybody's used to. We're still making that. We still need that. Well, we know what that in means, the, right? The, the yeah, blueprint. Like the blue, yeah. Yeah, blueprint right, right. yeah. It's actually not blue anymore, you know, but we still call it blueprint. So do you know why it was called the blueprint? Because they used the blue? Well, there was a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, I bet Andy can say it better than me. I used to fill the machines up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I used to dump that in. Explain what blueprint is. I know you have better words. Than <laughs> I don't know. That's that's at the beginning of my day as well. But yeah, you put the you had a skin and you put it in with the paper and the solution, and you had to run it through twice to get it to come out on the paper, which would Sometimes turn Sometimes more than twice. I had to make those. So oh. a builder would call for seven copies, five pages, thirty-five pages, and sometimes it'd be more than twice because you have to run it and run it, and then sometimes it'd be too dark, and, you, and that was junk, and then you'd have to lighten it up. And, and then it would smell because it had that ammonia smell. You know what ammonia smells like? No, it's awful little. It's like very acidic, I think would be the term. Yep. Um, you would know if you smell it. It's like you have dehydrated pee. That smell. That's ammonia. <laughs> like, I gotta drink a little water. Anyways, so yeah, that was that, that, that made it blue. Yeah. And so that's been replaced by literally just printing it or using a plotter to, to print it. It's a printed document now. It's just a large format printer. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, different concept, but anyway, so we were drawing in 2D lines, keep going with the right. process. Yeah. So, so now, uh, with our new software, we actually build a model, and it's a, a parametric building model, and, and everybody gets all hung up on what is parametric. Well, parametric simply means it's connected, right? And as a, a builder, we know that everything in a house is connected, right? The, the, the floor system is connected to the foundation. The foundation or the walls then are connected to the floor system. The roof is connected to the walls. All of that works together. And with this new modeling software, when we move a wall, the roof moves and everything else moves with it, right? So it, it is an accurate model representation of what is going to be actually built. And as it's a little more challenging for us as designers because we have to kind of draw it and, and create it the same way it actually gets built. 
And, and part of the benefit of that is ultimately, and this is your Northstar vision, ultimately the plans that we draw, this model that we create, can then go to the estimating department where they can re to make a material list based on our model. And from, the, from there it can also go out to the truss plant who can do the structural design of the trusses. The way it is now, we draw the same house plan three times over. Four if you include iJoyce. Oh yeah, four if you include iJoyce. So you actually remodel it, remodel it, remodel it, like actually build it. So we're taking it from like that blueprint look to like HGTV. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Holden? Yeah. yeah. So we as designers, we will create that model. Now that's kind of like a black and white view of it. It's really kind of the structure of it. But then we also have these, these virtual selection coordinators, these virtual designers who can then paint the model. In fact, you know, like put the color of the siding on, paint the walls on the inside, put the flooring in, and they can turn our model into what's on the screen now. So Holden, if you want to kind of show yeah. everyone what that looks like, because this is really cool. So a huge labor shortage. Our lead times are already too long. That's a second problem with our industry. So lead times are going to get way longer with this process. Not necessarily way longer, but it is, you know, we're doing more work up front to save time at the back end. But we do have a system in place that the lead times would actually come way down. What's that about? Hopefully, yeah, we'll have a, a, an ability to do small revisions, have someone or a team of people in the background that, that will do small revisions within a day or two. But you also have a catalog of plans. We have a catalog of plans. We're going to have a database of plans. And these are, these are like plans based on what's being built today. You know, it's, it's the modern trends. It's what all of our designers, we have this amazing team of designers, 17 designers across at, at the different locations that went through the plans they drew and came up with, hey, these are the things that people are looking at building today. Let's make a collection of these plans that then we can share with our builders and we can, we can work off of this database of plans. Design builder membership. Yep. yep. So they, give, they pay a monthly fee. You can access the plans through a code. They can see all the plans. The homeowners themselves can pick it out, have, it, have all the mind, all the thoughts done and saying, this is the Camelot that I want, right? So yep. look at the Camelot right here. Correct? Yep, so this is one of those models go ahead, hold on, do a couple that will be available on our website. So you go to our website and see one of these models, like, boy, that's cool, I can make a couple changes. Those will just take a couple days. Yep, yep. And you'll have your plan. Yep. Go ahead, and eventually we'll actually have this priced out as well, so you know you're budgeted for the materials at least. Look at those details. How cool is that, Owen? You, you guys make these like, damn. What? Damn, that's, like, how do you, so, you make these just from, like, Scratch, yeah, they use, a, they use a software called Revit, but they're all buildable, and these aren't beautiful yeah. pictures. This is actually going to be built exactly to these specs. You can actually flip this into what you would consider a blue plan or a buildable plan. Yep. Uh, that probably makes it a lot easier for them a, to understand. I think there's a video attached. Can you play the video, Holden? I saw a link with the video. Play yeah, that. Click on that one. That's going to be cool. I have a so if your parents built or you built, that would, that would be their house. So much better to visualize what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. On the 2D printed plans, you can't see when things come out at you or are flat. Everything looks on a flat plane. In these 3D models, you can see the detail, how far out the garage yes, is, how say, far back. Just pause right there. Back. Yeah, right there. 
see how deep that garage is? You would never yeah. know that on a blueprint. That might be too deep for somebody like, well, I don't want them to walk all the way. Well, you have a really big garage. Yep. Well, does the garage have to be that big? Well, no, it doesn't, but you have a big pickup truck. You know, maybe you need to have another shed because if you don't like that, we have to think about this. It'll really help people understand what what that plan is really all about. Are there interiors on this one? Yep. Yeah. Keep if you going. keep going, hold, and then we go on the inside as well. Look at that. That's your that's your great room. See how the mirror. One of the coolest things I think is the see the glass out mirrors the inside. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah. Just keep going. There's a couple more. Keep going through. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yep. There's and then there's yeah. There's a video. So hey, will the table be big enough for we're designing it? You know. Yep. Let's watch the video. Oh my gosh, look at that book. Oh, it's just crazy. Oh, I can't like it and you can see how the beds are going to fit in the bedrooms, yeah. what it's going to, how low the windows are in relation to the end tables, all of that kind of really cool stuff. What do you think, Holden? We watch it. That would be so easy to understand what your house is going to look like. And imagine how geeked up you'd be, right? Like that's going to be your house. I'm going to live here. How do you, like, get it exactly right for the blueprints? That's what we do, yeah. That's our, our model is then dressed up to, to look like Well, they this. go to college for it. We saw software called Reddit, and then we had, uh, just we did the music when we talk about it. So what we did at Drexel, and you know, crazy, like so we do some crazy stuff that we don't give ourselves credit for, maybe, or maybe we're just crazy. We took five people off the grid. Off the grid means they didn't help the company at all. They worked in a room a little bit away from our podcast on white tables. Dan Evers was the first one. Shout out to Dan. Love you, buddy. And he literally said, hey, I, and he literally put us two weeks in and said, I'm going to the competition, national company, and they told me I could do some cool stuff with them. I'm like, dude, they're lying, dude. They just want your designs. He's like, I get it, but I'm frustrated here. We're not moving the needle. So I said, fine. We're going to take you off the grid. You're not going to do any design work. You're not going to do anything. You're going to develop software that does this. He had some meetings. I mean, he like lost his brain a few times because we first he had to look at all the software in the world, right? That could possibly do it. Then he had to pick the software that he thought was right. Then he had to build templates and like the windows alone on there took months. They had to create each window. They had to create each door. They had to create each little widget and create it so we could go over use it over and over again on different plans. And they slowly developed it and said, is this going to work? And that was five people for two years. So every whole, day, 40 yeah. hour work weeks. Yeah, Holden, you got to, in what How we draw it? now, that it's actually, you know, an actual model of it. It has the information of what it is. It's not just lines. It is an actual window with, with all of the included information. So, that's, so it's that's, like an object. That's yeah. the actual building? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How long? So they're really, I like to, I love to call instead of residential designers, they're virtual, virtual builders. Okay. The cool part is when they take that to the manufacturing plant, an Amherst Little Shoot for offsite, they virtually build a house. So somebody told me yesterday, there must be a lot of mistakes with offsite. Because you know, the, the plant builds the walls and all this. And I said, honestly, there's virtually none because there's a really smart designer looking at it in a computer. And again, we do make mistakes. They're looking at a computer and they're spinning it and they're studying, they're analyzing it. It's not being done in the walls or on site when, today when it's rainy and cold. There's very few mistakes because they're looking at it from this point on. How long, how long ago did you send those people off, like, like off the grid? Two years ago. Two years ago? Yep, every day for two years. And, you know, again, it's crazy. We talked about inventing something. So when Dan and I did this, 
you know, I, I'll always think that he didn't know if it was going to work. It's a, he was a team of one. So let's just talk. Do you know what a skunk? Do you guys know what a skunk room is? <laughs> you do. How do you know what a skunk room is? From it, historically, isn't that where they yeah. developed like the A bomb and stuff? Yeah. So the story of the skunk room is Hitler was winning the war in World War II. He had faster planes, which was a big deal because before World War II there wasn't planes. Crazy what happened the last hundred years, right? So he's literally winning the war. And again, this is like, we think the pandemic's bad and COVID and it is, it's awful. It's awful and so many lives are being impacted and we're learning so much about us as humans. And you know, end, end times, the book of Revelations being a pastor. World War II was end times. I mean, they were, I mean, the Americans were scared Hitler was gonna be here in two weeks and take over and kill half of us or three quarters. I mean, we didn't know at all. So they were losing the war. <clears throat> So they go to the group of engineers, like, dude, we need a faster plane. And we need it, like, in three months, right? Like, it was, like, 90 days. They're like, what? You know, develop a plane faster? So, they, so it ended up being five guys. They got a white tent, a canvas tent outside a big factory. Imagine the old factory with the brick walls. And, and they didn't have really a place to go, so they got a white tent. And it stunk so bad, they call it the skunk room. And they came out with an amazing plane, but they said they really why it worked historically, A, they had a really quick deadline. They were obsessed with a mission to change the world, right? To save the world. Yeah. And, but also they were not distracted about what wouldn't work, what could work by other outside influences, right? Like, hey, I went to the board. This is their idea. Go back. It's gonna cost too much money. Hey, this is the guys in the shop. They're like, there's no way I can find parts like that. No one talked to them. And they didn't talk to the outside. It was just them five and they were able to think and create. So Dan and I talked heavily about him being in the skunk room. Like, I do not want you talking to Kevin Soik. I do not want you talking to our trust people. I want you to be a skunk room where you literally are just grinding Monday through Friday and figuring this out. He did a remarkable job. And then he added to his team, shout out to them, Tommy and Sam, Amber, who quit her oh, unbelievably awesome cabinetry job and said, I'll be your first very first visual selection, selection coordinator, VSC, yeah. shout out to all of them. And they're all just grinding on this thing. And they had no idea, Amber's like, what's my job? What am I doing? I'm like, I don't know, I know as much as you. She's like, I wanna do it. A little bit, because they really believe in changing the world and supply and happiness and what we do and wanna be part of that. And now they are part of the Drexel story forever. A little bit, you know, they have all are also geeked up about Pauls.homes, which we don't talk about a lot, which, half sidebar, half I know Andy likes too, and we don't talk about it enough here. You know, every time we're gonna do an offsite home with all of our categories sold, we're gonna build a house in Haiti for the people in Haiti. Um, they struggle immensely with basic living conditions, 90 miles south of Florida. Um, they have no economy, to some degree, no hope, um, which if you don't have hope, to me, it's as bad as not having love. Um, and we can give them hope uh, with the funds from building these homes, and we did, 14 so far. Someday we hope to do 100, 150 every year. I mean, that's in 10 years, we'd have a thousand families there. Um, and that impacts them so greatly. They're actually such small housing uh, and so struggling, they literally will rip their families apart. Where you stop, you can't see your kids from France. The, the children will live in other homes. The children will be orphaned uh, because they just can't have housing for them. So it's such a huge thing. Biggest thing, it also creates jobs. There's not jobs there, so now these people need to build these homes. And they, and they can live in a, a home that is resistant to hurricanes and 
Right now, an average, average family, we're all average families, they live under a tarp or maybe a piece of steel. Maybe no door, dirt floor, no running water, no electricity. In fact, we always like to, it's like a sponsorship of families. So we sponsor the family, but you get to know who your family is. But they have a hard time giving us a picture of the family because they don't have the mail system. So let's just send a, get a USB and just mail it back. They don't have a mail system. The mafia is so bad, we can't really go visit them because they will, hide, they will uh, take us for kidnap. So it's, it's way too dangerous to go there. So it's, it's uh, an incredible thing. I, I'm, I'm so honored to be able to do that. I know that's why a lot of them took this job. So hopefully next year, and if you're listening out there and want to be part of Pauls.homes, just build with us. Talk to your builder. Uh, be the builder that says, hey, I'm going to be the Pauls.homes builder in my area. We don't have a builder yet that is officially a Pauls.home builder. Um, Paul's builders, so we're geeked for that, really geeked. Have you heard this story before? Yeah. Yeah, we've done that before, right? But anyways, related to, a lot of related to this, for sure. Yeah, so they, you know, going back to, so in the skunk room, this was developed, and, and, and you know, Dan and Tommy and Sam and Amber all got this put together, but now we had to train our whole team on how to use this. Almost right? as crazy. Yeah, so yeah, who does, who does that retrain all of your experienced designers basically put us back to, to square one on how we use our software and what the software is like. While we're trying to get out plans. While we're continuing to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we continue to keep up with the, the design task log, all the plans that needed to be drawn while taking, you know, in small groups, we took everybody off the grid for two weeks to be trained on how to use this. You went from a sports bar to Italian cuisine while staying open. And it was just cool. And our whole team is, I'm just so proud of them because they all just embraced it and said, we're doing it. You know, we're going here. This is what our clients need to see. This is the future. How many designers do we have? 17. Not one team member quit. Nope. Um, we kept them all, retained them all. It was stressful. Thank you to all of them for that are listening. And we're jazzed for the future though. Yeah. I can't see where, the, I can't wait to see where this goes. We, everyone is so excited. They're just, and we're just starting to tap into what this will mean. How we present more visually instead of with paper. So we'll be developing how we do this. But it's it's just so cool the opportunities that we have to to really help the the clients understand what their new project is going to look like, whether it is, is a new home or an addition or whatever. So give me a picture of that interior, just to kind of explain. Where we're not now, but this gives us the capacity to go to that point, right? So, right there. So that fireplace, someday, not yet, but someday in the next five years, which is not that far away, when you come back and build older, when you're older, you will be able to just hover over that mouse. Uh, take your mouse and hover over the fireplace, right? Or point your clicker at the fireplace and it'll say, that is an Onyx 4000, that has this many BTUs, here's the manufacturer retail price, Here's the warranty, click further. It tells the electrician and the HVAC guy um, where to where plug the in those holes, yep. where the hookups are. Right, now I'm gonna slide it over and click on the window. That is a Sierra Pacific three window with this much U-value. Will you have like a, like you know how Google Maps has like a thing where you can like go around and look. We have one like for houses? Yeah, yeah, where you can actually, uh, Matterhorn I think is the name of the software. We can actually just slowly take your log and just click through the house and walk through it yourself. Yeah, that'll definitely come up. Um, right now we make a video, but that will definitely be available at some point. Okay. Absolutely. So you can just stare at yourself if you want. See, what, what Joel is describing, that, that 
that's BIM modeling, so yeah, building BIM information, modeling. right? So all of those objects that we're putting in the plan, they actually have associated with us, all, all, with them, all the information, right? The, the energy uh, of ratings of the window and all that kind of thing, what the finishes are, all of that. So ultimately, you know, it'll just be, uh, you know, a game changer for everybody involved in the in residential construction. So they've had it in commercial for a while, there it is. you know, but we're now we're bringing it into residential. Will it ever get to the point where you can alter it without designer? Like, just I, I, for some reason, I knew you were going to say that. Like, <laughs> can the homeowner alter it themselves? I think they'll be able to redline it. I think they'll be able to put notes on it. But I don't, again, because the software is pretty highly trained. Yeah. It's not just like, let me just slide that wall over and see what happens. Right. And everybody goes, poof. Because one wall moving changes a lot of things. But I do think they'll have like an edit feature, like a PDF, where you can write over things. Okay. Or even uh, walkthroughs. So that. I was thinking question. more like change the wall color or change something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. that'll be But again, that, that would be may, possible. Again, Amber might say, no way, that's a lot of highly yeah. skilled <laughs> individuals as well. So I don't know. That's a great question. Interestingly, we talked the BIM modeling, and this is already done in commercial. One thing, fun fact about Drexel, or if you think Joel's smart, I really am not that smart. I just really observe and read a lot, and it's called CASE. I got that from Festival Foods. CASE means C-A-S-E. It's good life lesson. Copy and steal everything <laughs> within copyright reasons, and then just tweak it and make it your own. Right. So BIM modeling from commercial world it works wonderful. We just need to tweak it. And you know, I didn't do that, but our team understands CASE too. Tweak that and make that their own. Um, like festival foods, I think you've all familiar, I'm sure in Sheboygan, hot ham sandwiches on Sundays after church. Right? That was started by a, I believe in La Crosse, where I could be wrong, but wherever, wherever festival foods were started, which I believe was in La Crosse, there was a deli doing it. I'm like, that's a really cool idea. And festival's like, well, they already do it. Should we do it or not? They're like, yeah, we can do it, but we'll use a little better quality bun. And a little better quality ham, and we'll make it our own. I like ham sandwiches. Game <laughs> the ones you get on Sundays, yep. yeah. Literally, literally, they did it. They had no clues to take off or not. Again, try something, fail, don't fail. Copy and steal everything. Like, you don't have to invent things. You just sit, find what you like and say, how can I make it a little better? And it changes the game. Yep. You just have to observe things in life, you know. So that's kind of what we're doing in design. How are we on time, Holden? We got about eight minutes left. Eight minutes, that's perfect timing. What else do you got to say, Andy? <laughs> I just think this will just be so good for our clients, for people. I, I remember, you know, uh, I brought home uh, a set of plans one time, laid it on my kitchen counter. I was so proud of what I had done. I worked on it for a couple days. It was the perfect printed plan, right? At least I thought so. And I showed it to my wife and, and she's like, oh yeah, that, that looks very nice. Yeah, I guess that's a nice house, you know, kind of nodded just to make me feel good. Well, the next morning I showed her the 3D model of the same thing. And she's like, whoa, that is cool. Now that is something, you know. When I showed one of these to, to my son, he's like, dad, you have now moved from just drawing house plan, home plan, you know, house plans, to now you are showing people their new homes. It's from a house to a home. And that's where we want to get. We yeah. want to really help the people understand what their new home is going to be like. Yeah, we're going to help every builder, every homeowner that works with us. And I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but I'll relate to a story to my wife. And we just talked about it with our friends on last Friday night. You know, my, we were building a house and it was a big house. It's a big house where we live. And my wife wanted a roof to get bigger. She said, it's too small a roof, it's too small a roof. So I think it's a 10, 12 pitch. I'm like, honey, this is gonna, and we live on top of a hill. I'm like, this is gonna look like a freaking mansion. She's like, no, no, I just think it needs to be bigger. 
So I'll never forget the first time we pulled up in the driveway. You know how that is when you pull up in a driveway? Yeah. I was holding you better. I was like, yeah. when you pull up again and talk about intimidating, you're like, oh my gosh, that's intimidating. And it wraps around, kind of. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? You're like, whoa, right? Like, you aren't quite realizing it? Yeah. She pulls up and the truss has got set that day and she goes, well, it's not going to really be that big, is it? <laughs> I love you, Pam. And it was like, but like she could have saw it in 3D. When you're coming from the, the bottom of the driveway, it's kind of like towering. Yes, yes, the roof is probably too tall for the lot. But I was like, absolutely, it's going to be that tall. She said, well, is there anything we can do to make it smaller? It just looks so big. I'm like, no. But again, if she would have saw the visual, I'm sure we would have a lower pitch on that roof. Uh, and a million things like that. People don't realize how big their great rooms are. can't visualize how low the windows are. All those stories. So thank you for coming on. We could talk about this for hours. I know it. I know it. And maybe we'll have you back on when we're actually in doing this. But for any builder or homeowner, please reach out to us. We want to help you. Yeah, this but is we're not so offering exciting. this across the country just to our local builders uh, and the builders that buy from us in our local communities. So, so happy to bring this to Wisconsin. Isn't that cool, Holden? That's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool shit. How long, how long, okay, how long have we had this for? It's launching Jan 1, 2022. January 1, okay. Right, it's launching to the public. So again, you went, from fat, you went from a sports pub and grub, which you are, is that what you guys call yourselves? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Sports bar, right? To a fine cuisine. So it's like, we're ready, but we're going to launch it after the first of the year. But it's also already right now? Yep, right. yep. We've already had the taste testing and, you know, use your analogy for restaurants. We already had taste testing. We already know the menu. We just need to launch it. Yep. We're, we're beta testing everything. We're developing. We're still finishing up on that database of plans that we're going to sh share with everybody. That's what one yep. of these is. Yeah. So we're just wrapping that off. Still getting tweaking that all the appetizers, you know, still finalizing the garlic bread, but we're there. Yep. Um, so we always ask everybody that comes on a question. And Andy, I know you're a very spiritual guy, so I'm excited for this uh, answer. Is you have a billboard, and if you're interested in spiritual, that's fine. I just know if you, I don't know if you're a deep thinker, but you have a billboard somewhere in the country, shows it to a ton of people. What do you put on it, or why? Well, this um, thought about this a bit, and I would use a, a prayer paraphrase of Micah six verse eight. I would just put, "Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly." Act justly. Just, that's about treating everyone the same. It doesn't matter if it's Joel Fleischman or if it's Holden, right? Everyone you come in contact with during the day, just Are act justly. Better to than them. Holden? Is that what you're trying to? <laughs> he said treat that was everyone. Kind of, the same. That was kind of odd. Wait, he said it. Joel Fleischman or Holden? He didn't know my last name. I felt like he didn't say your last name. So. <laughs> So because everyone is is created in God's image, everyone is the same, you know. And, and so often we don't see people that way, right? So everyone you come across during the course of the day, can you treat them the same, whether they're like you or different than you, whether it's a, a man or a woman, whatever it happens to be, you just treat everybody the same. You know, one thing that really helps with that, which is really interesting. I love that. We're gonna get the rest of them is, I, I, I don't know why I've been substituted the last few days, just really obsessed with it, is, read this somewhere, if only we always could take, remember and keep in mind that we're just a very, very minor character in everybody else's play. Right, like, I'm part of your life, Holden, Holden but like, if, if, you're, if, it's, if the play is your life, I'm like this big. Yeah. Even for your spouse. I think about that who I love, Who I love and adore, <laughs> Pam, hi. I'm a minor character in that play. We're all just minor players, and for a very brief point of time in the history of time, you know, we've talked about it in the pod before, in a hundred years from now, all of us will be gone. So what's the point? 
You know, so it's finding the purpose in life, act justly again. Everyone's the same because why? Why is everybody the same? Because everyone is a minor character in everybody else's life. A minor, minor, minute character. Right? Love mercy. Right? Act justly, love mercy. We, we are so quick often to criticize other people. It's like, you know, we think we never make mistakes, just everybody else makes mistakes, right? And, and to be able to, uh, have, every time you see the opportunity to show mercy to someone else, to show grace to them, to forgive them, whether it's a simple, you're driving, somebody cuts in front of you, right? It, you know, okay, show mercy. You don't have to get mad at them. Maybe they're, you know, in a rush for some other reason. Maybe they just didn't see you. If, if treat everyone with the mercy that you would want to be treated if you made a mistake in their presence, right? Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. So just be more about showing mercy to one another. I thought you were going to go with mercy from God because I think that one, more now than ever in 2021 than maybe historically is people don't believe God gives you mercy. So you look at the Ten Commandments or what God demands of you if you read the Gospels, what Jesus says, and you're like, I can't do that. I am a horrible sinner. I'm a horrible person. You know, Jesus says your thoughts are your sins. So even the thinking of sin is a sin. So you just literally give up. You're like, I just can't do it, God. I can't do it, Jesus. I am able to just, just have fun and live my life and hope there's a heaven. And hope God lets me in through the back door, right? I mean, that's what a lot of people have gotten to. But you have to remember, God does give you these laws and does give you these things, and you do need to follow them to hold yourself accountable, and because that's what God wants, and that's why you're here. But he also has great mercy. All you have to do is say, I'm really freaking sorry. And you know what Jesus says? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Thank thankfully, right? We have to be thankful for God's mercy. And I do think when we are blessed with mercy from others and especially God, and we believe in that, that gives us grace and that gives us peace. And that peace that some people have, and you've met people with peace, they get that, I've never, I don't know if I've ever met a person, and I don't know that for sure, but true peace, they're mo very, usually very spiritual. Because they understand, like, no matter what I do here, God's got my back, and, and he's giving me mercy to fail and screw up. I think people have so much anxiety because they know they're train wrecks, and they're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a train wreck, I don't know how to get out of this. And you all get to say is, God, I, I'm an idiot. I'm horrible. We all are. Please have mercy on me. And he goes, yeah, we're good. Yeah, And that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right? the good news. It's by, by grace alone that we are saved. We, we don't have to earn it. it, it's, it the, the reality is we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And God in his love for us sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to live a perfect life. You know, a sinless life to die on the cross for our sins, and because of that, by faith in Him, we are saved. And and that's Hallelujah. just the ultimate. That was like yeah. the pastor talk, like, 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 yeah. But but out of gratitude, how do we live in this world? You know, uh, that's the, the rest of Micah six eight. For you know, man, what is good. So it's what love, does the Lord justice, require of you? Mercy. Yeah, act justly, love act mercy, justly. and walk humbly with your God. Right. But we just we all need to walk a little more humbly. To understand really like you said we're just some little part in somebody else's life right in, in the whole big cosmic picture we are we are just the clay in the potter's hand we have a God watching over us guiding us he's sovereign he's in control what what Andy does what Joel does what Holden does guess what really God's in control he's got it we just need to you know just to live this way with one another love God love our neighbor as ourselves
That's, yeah, I mean, you do I that. Mean, we're really arrogant and confident about this, but 99.9999999999% of the people in the world do not care that we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> don't geek out, don't care, we'll never know about it. There's seven billion people in the world. Like, yeah, whatever. And in 100 years, five years, three years, this all might be obsolete. Hell, it may not even work, right? So it's okay to be excited about things and passionate about things and go for things, but again, walk humbly with that. And even if it is wildly successful, remember that it's only successful because... God was in charge. God guided us. God gave about, us the abilities. Yes, I can breathe. I can see. We Somehow, I met a guy named Dan Evers that was great and a guy named Andy Hopp that was great. We have this podcast and somehow I convinced a seventh-year-old to do it. Like Only because of God's grace and gifts and mercy and, and love for all of us that we're able to do it. So yeah, Joel Fleischer was an amazing dude. Hell no. Only through the power of God. I'm, I'm nothing without him, right? We're dust, yeah. dust we started and dust will return. We're just very blessed. And, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up next week. And it's just, we have so much to be thankful for. You think of those people in Haiti, you know, they can't even dream of a house like this. And, and we take things like this for granted. You know, we grumble if we run out of hot water. They don't even have clean water. Yeah. You know, it, it's just We'll throw just away crazy. more food in Thanksgiving than they'll have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet, the people that I've talked to that have been to Haiti said God is there. People are thankful. Yeah. People are blessed. So remember that. How just unbelievably blessed. I always tell my kids, we're unbelievably blessed just when we live. We're living in freaking 2021. That reminds me of something that I said. You've been born in the year said. 300. Yep. Really, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Go ahead, Omar. That reminds me of something that my like psychology teacher said, like something called like the glad game of this little girl who like her parents like died and stuff. And then, but she's like glad that like something worse didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's to find the, the positive in all circumstances, right? Well, and, and maybe we'll leave it at, uh, or maybe we'll continue. But, you know, I, the big thing I thought about, I just read that as well and thought about that a lot today. We only grow, if you think of the history of men and, and what God does, most people only grow in their great suffering. And you think of people that you know, the, the people that both parents died when they were six. They're usually, if they took it under the right way, they usually end up being unbelievably amazing people. The people that suffer the most are usually great people. And that can be physical pain, which is unfortunate because there's nothing you can do with that. And then there's mental pain. But the people that I've met in my life that have been through the most are usually the best people I've ever met. And if you go through no suffering and pain, you're very immature. You're very egotistical. You're very confident, overly confident. You, you know, you don't, you don't know. You just, you don't haven't been through life because you haven't been through the struggle. So, God literally gives you the struggle, and you literally have to say, "I'm blessed for this struggle because it'll make me better," even during the struggle, which is insane and hard and humanly impossible. Because it's so easy to say, "Hey, give me a pill, give me a drug, make this go away somehow quickly, immensely," but yet God tells you, "No." to suffer on this planet. I'm trying to teach you something here. We won't know what that is until we end up hopefully with him. Right. Uh, but that's, I, I think that is a, a fact we don't talk about it much. The struggle is real, yo, for everybody, and everybody's got struggles, but you're supposed to have them. Yep. yep. And that's how we grow, and that's how we, we mature, and we get stronger, and God uses those things to develop our character, and to help other people see how that you can get through these difficult times yeah and we're gonna have struggles with this yep but that if we do it together with a positive attitude and supply happiness and with our builders and with our clients it'll be amazing if we don't 
and we aren't humble and we don't act justly, it'll probably fail. Because like, no, this is great. I don't know why you don't like it. Yeah. Right? So it all kind of interweaves. Yeah. Yeah. You get the last words, my friend. The clothes. Not closing statements, the benediction. What is, is <laughs> yeah, the benediction. Yeah, I often would use Micah six eight as the benediction. For you know, man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? It is to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Done.